Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. I've got a question for you. Have you ever seen a picture of yourself when you were just a baby? Yeah. Sometimes. Yes. What'd you look like? Uh, I was just chubby. I was this big. About that big? This yeah, big. Sounds about right. Like this big. That big? This big. All right. Yeah. We have some very tiny children in this congregation. <laughs> Cute. Okay. That might be a biased opinion. Yeah. Bald? Yeah. How many of you were bald? Me. Yep. Not me. I came into this world that way. I'm heading that direction too. No, 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 no. How many of you had some hair? How many of you had different colored hair? Yeah. Kind of crazy, isn't it? I even know one uh, friend that I have whose eyes change color as they grew older. I didn't know that was possible. That's me. But it happened. It happened. You guys have changed a lot since you were kids. 
What's different about you now? Sometimes I get red eyes. Older. Sometimes red eyes. Smarter. Most of you. Most of you. Yeah. Say it. Sometimes we've learned some bad habits, like being annoying. That's me. That's me. Sometimes you get tougher, right? Stop drooling on my parents. Yep, you no longer drool. At least not as much, right? Mature, polite. Some of us. Tiny. Tiny. I think you've actually grown bigger. Yeah, bigger. We change throughout our whole lives. You guys will change again. And again, and again, and again, and again. And even your parents and your grandparents, they change over time too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. No matter what. Just like in today's text, the disciples changed over time. In the beginning, they didn't know much about what Jesus was or who he was or what he was doing. And even as they learned, they knew more, but they still had more to learn. And even now, now that Jesus died and had been raised, and the tomb was empty, they still didn't quite know what to make of Jesus. They continued to learn about him. They continued to ask questions, and even have some doubts about what Jesus meant. But what does Jesus do? Uh, rose from the dead. After that? Um, he, he's the light of the world. Yeah, he's the of the world. He comes into the room, where they're all questioning, where they all have more to say or ask or think about Jesus. And he simply says, peace, I am with you. Jesus is always with his disciples, no matter when they're growing and no matter who they are. From the very time that they were early disciples, he loved them. All the way after the cross, he loved them. Everywhere in between, he loved them. And just like that, God always loves you. No matter what part of life that you're in, no matter what you look like, whether you have hair or not on your head, no matter what color your eyes are, no matter where you go or what you do, God loves you, just like the disciples. Even if you get new haircuts, too, because some of us got new haircuts. Sound good? All right. Shall we pray? God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for following us and guiding us and leading us through this whole life. We give you thanks for love when we were little bitty babies. We give you thanks for love now, and we give you thanks for love that will follow us even when we're older and go off into different places. Thank you for your love. Bury it deep within our hearts and help us see it and follow it and experience it every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. One quick question for y'all. How many current or former high school athletes or musicians or choir members do we have in the room? I was hoping, yeah. Very good. 
Uh, let's start with the athletes first. What kind of sports did we play in high school or participate in? Softball. Baseball, football, volleyball. Ooh, field hockey. Basketball. Soccer. Very good. Chess. Chess. <laughs> that was a sport my speed. <laughs> Swimming. I did track and cross country. Some people are pulling my leg. Very good. Uh, how about uh, musicians? What kind of instruments did we play or do we play? Clarinet. Very nice. Piano. Trombone. Saxophone. Piano. Guitar. One day. One day. Percussion. All right. I didn't know that. French horn. Flute. Barry Sachs, timpani. Ooh, a timpani specialist. You don't get that very often. That's pretty cool. I was a percussionist throughout. Snare drum and marching band. Whatever they threw at me for the rest. How about uh, choir members? Uh, what part did you sing when you were in high school? Alto. A lot of altos. Soprano. Have those parts stayed the same? Uh, mostly kind of sort of soprano not much of a singer not much of a singer. I'm a very good car singer very good car singer <laughs> for all those things that you did in high school however you did them in high school do you remember kind of your best accomplishments do you remember if you were in athletics maybe the best score that your team ever had or or maybe the best moment you had on the field maybe your personal record do you remember as an instrumentalist, uh, when you had your chops, when everything was right where you wanted it, you could pick that instrument up and just make it sing. Do you remember when you had the voice that you always wanted, or at least came as close as you could <laughs> to the voice that you always wanted? Do you remember those moments? <coughs> kind of. Are those moments now? Some yes. Those football players and basketball players, are those moments now? Some no. <laughs> some yes, some no. They switch. The other day I went to um, a track meet uh, to support some of our youth in our congregation. By the way, we have a lot of fast youth. That's pretty neat. I went to the track meet to support some of the youth in our congregation, and I was standing at the start-finish line, and I always bring my watch because I like to just kind of time them, see how they're doing, see who's picking up speed, see who's slowing down. Just about everybody slows down, but that's okay. And as I was watching the times, I realized a couple things. I used to love seeing times like that when I looked at my own watch and was I was participating in the race. And I don't see those times at all <laughs> anymore. I still enjoy running, I just enjoy it differently. I used to love to see how fast I could go and just see how much power I could get out of the legs. I used to love to see what distance I could cover and now I just love it when I can go about three miles without my knees hurting. <laughs> it's different. It's just a different season of life. We all have different seasons of life, both physically and emotionally and spiritually. While we are the same people, it doesn't even feel like the same person sometimes in those different moments. 
Today we have Doubting Thomas, as he's often called. But I tell you, even as we look at Scripture, we see the different seasons of Thomas's life. Not much is said about when Thomas is first called, except for that he was called, and he was in the group of disciples that quite often had questions and got them wrong in the experience. But just a few weeks ago, we heard about the story of Lazarus. And while we focus then on what it means for Jesus to say, I am the resurrection and the life, Thomas had a little cameo. And if you remember, Jesus waits four days after hearing about Lazarus being ill so that he can show God's glory in the midst of it. And then he tells his disciples that he's going to go. And his disciples kind of kick back a little bit. But Jesus is forceful, even though this place was a, a spot where he was about to be stoned. He's forceful. He says he's going to go. And Thomas, of all people, not Peter, not James and John, not Andrew, Thomas stands up and says very faithfully, let us go with him that we might die with him. Let us go with him that we might die with him. Oh, he may not have he may not have understood what it meant for Jesus to show glory in that moment. He did understand that it was dangerous, and he did understand that it was his job as a disciple to follow wherever that may be. And he was the one, he was the one, that got the disciples to go to. By the way, Mary and Martha, we often see Martha as the one that works a ton, and Mary as the one that sits at Jesus' feet. Martha in the story of Lazarus, goes towards Jesus first, dwells with Jesus first, proclaims Jesus' ability first. But back to Thomas. Today, Thomas is in a different season of life. Thomas is in a very different place. Thomas has gone through the Good Friday experience and the Monday Thursday experience. Thomas is standing in a place on the first day of the week where, yes, the tomb is empty, but no, we don't know where Jesus is. We don't know what it means that the tomb is empty. We don't know how to put together everything that has just happened. And while Thomas was evidently a very faithful person, he also didn't know how to process what was going on. And it might as well have been a lifetime ago, high school, that those experiences took place. And so when the disciples first say, we have seen the Lord, he'd rather not dig it all up. But what does Jesus do? He comes into the place a second time. Yes, waiting a week. Yes, there was time in between. But he comes into the place a second time. He says, peace be with you. And he doesn't berate Thomas because of his unbelief. He doesn't corner Thomas. He simply answers Thomas. Here are the holes. Here is my side. And he continues to give peace. And he continues to dwell with him. The story of Thomas, unfortunately, has been narrowed down over time to mean that one moment of doubt. But we are always people of a variety of different experiences over the course of our lives, whether they're long ones or short ones or anywhere in between. Thomas was 
a disciple at the very beginning who knew nothing about Jesus. Thomas was faithful in moving towards the dangerous places, the cross that Jesus bore. And Thomas at the last, upon seeing the holes in his hands and in his side, became someone who gave us our first theological claim that Christ is God. Thomas pushes us, but he only pushes us in the seasons of our lives. You too have seasons. You too have places and experiences that you want to go, that you don't want to go, and everywhere in between. We're all okay. Everybody look at my nose. All right. We all have seasons. We all have places that we are and experiences that we go through. The good news of Thomas's life and of our lives too is that God will be there before, in the midst of, and after, leading us and following us, dwelling with us. In the seasons where we feel like we are the best version of disciples that we will ever be, in the seasons where we don't know what discipleship is, in the seasons where we can't help but reject discipleship. And those are seasons. Christ is there. Always in the room. Always with us. Peace be with you. Always claiming you. Always loving you. And that promise is not just for us. It's for our family. It's for our friends. It's for the people who don't know Christ, who have yet to understand Christ, who know who Christ is and yet rejects Christ. For that was Thomas at one point too. Christ is always there. Loving all. Dwelling with all. Peace be with you. Thanks be to God for pervasive and lifelong love. Amen.